poetry, conversation, and a lot of waves of emotion. My name is Avia Shunson, and welcome to Waves. I inhale my truth, creating vibrations of calm. I exhale indecision, releasing chaotic waves. This is me setting boundaries, creating safety for myself, respecting my mind to appreciate my body, generating acceptance, creating my peace. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Waves Podcast. My name is Avia Shonson and I'll be your host. So, I had a breakdown, a revelation, an epiphany, just all of that, whatever you want to call it, and I want to be as transparent as I can be without being too personal and putting all my little business out there, (laughs) but I do want to keep it real because that is the purpose of this podcast and this digital journal. Okay, so about two or three weeks ago, I had a major breakdown. Just all in my feelings. I was feeling some type of way about a certain situation that had occurred. I took a step back and did a lot of reflecting. And I came to the realization that I was hurt. And what I mean by hurt is that I was still battling with issues that had arose because of trauma that I had once experienced. So today's topic is trauma. I just want to say that I am not a mental health professional. I am speaking from my experience and what I know about myself and how trauma has affected me. I know that trauma affects everyone differently. And so what happened to me or what I felt, you may not feel or he or she or whoever. So what I'm saying is from my personal experience. I want to start off with, I want to start off by defining trauma. So trauma can be defined as a deeply distressing or disturbing experience. Trauma affects the brain and it can alter our body's stress mechanisms. And so once someone experiences trauma, our stress responses can become more exaggerated. They can happen more quickly and frequently. And so... When I say stress response, I mean the fight, flight, freeze, attach, or submit responses. And so for those of you who don't know what those are, I will talk about those really quickly. So the fight response is when our body's going to defense mode and we're, we're ready to fight. We're ready to defend ourselves. The flight response is when our body's kind of going to exit mode and we're trying to get away from a certain situation. The freeze response is when we become kind of stuck in a particular moment. The last two type of responses were kind of new to me and most people aren't familiar with them. So the attach response is when we are trying to latch on to what feels safe. And the submit response is when we give in to the thing or the person that is harming us or making us feel unsafe in hopes that that will keep us safe, if that makes sense. 
And so in saying all of this, it's obvious that trauma can induce feelings of powerlessness, fear, helplessness, and have you in a constant state of alert. And so knowing all of those things, think about how unaddressed trauma could affect you, right? So unaddressed trauma can manifest in many ways. In anxiety, panic attacks, OCD disorder, PTSD, unaddressed trauma can also increase the risk of mental and physical disorders. Unaddressed trauma can affect relationships. It can affect your expectations towards relationships. And depending on what that trauma was, you could struggle with expressing yourself, um, showing your emotions. You could struggle with intimacy And really being able to open up with others. So basically nothing good, nothing positive can come from unaddressed trauma. Okay, so boom, story time. (laughs) So about a few years ago, probably more than a few, but a few years ago, whatever, I was in a relationship and it was very bad, very toxic. And I hate using that word, but it, it was, it was very toxic. There were, there was some verbal abuse going on, um, on both ends, some other things. And it was just, it was crazy. It was all around just bad. And so for me, this was traumatic. This was a traumatic experience for me. And so I left that relationship with a lot of baggage, a lot of issues, a lot of anger, a lot of distrust. And as I said, at the beginning of this episode to this day, Somewhere inside of me, I still have some hurt that I didn't properly take time to heal. And because of that, I've not been able to give myself a true chance at being completely free and happy. And so in saying all of that, my point is when we don't address problems and address trauma, then that trauma can affect us and stick with us. And we carry that weight around. And in some cases, we end up hurting others because of our own hurt. And so healing is just so important. We have to take time to really heal and work through things that we experience. Healing has to be intentional. And that means it takes thinking and reflecting on that trauma or whatever that whatever you want to call that experience that happened. And it takes understanding how that experience affected you and why and it means understanding your triggers and your common reactions to things and I believe that once you can recognize those things then you can be more mindful about the um the environments that you allow yourself to be in and the people you around yourself to be around and you can be more mindful about the actions that you take in certain situations when you feel that you are being triggered so it's just all about being mindful of things and being mindful about the actions that you're taking and really just thinking through those things when you when you are feeling triggered I think that when most of the time when people talk about issues or trauma the number one thing people think about is therapy or that's my opinion and I think therapy is great I think that's a great way to really work through problems and work through issues and really understand our emotions that can be very complex and 
therapy is a great way to unlearn protective behaviors that we probably learned. Um, I think therapy is great. And I, I haven't personally, you know, experienced therapy. I thought about it. I actually, I did have a consultation and I'm still considering it. Um, but for now, you know, journaling is my therapy of choice and that's how I'm choosing to continue my journey of healing. But I do think therapy is a great, um, you know, strategy to use when you're trying to heal and work through things. And there's not just the traditional therapy, there's dance therapy, there's art therapy, there's music therapy. So you can just, you know, choose what works for you and what's going to help you. When I think about the healing process, I think that it can be very painful. And if you think about it, I mean, you're having to think about things that hurt you. You're having to work through that and, you know, really give that, really give those things attention. And that can be painful, but it's just so necessary because once you can work through those things and really figure it out, you end up being so much stronger and just better overall. You feel free and, you know, just really like you came through it, you know, you, you overcame those things. Um, I think, I think right now where I'm at with like my healing process, it's just me trying to be more mindful every day and more intentional about, about things. Um, trying to be more mindful about the way that I'm reacting to things or, how things are making me feel and really checking myself and making sure it's not me being stuck on the past or me letting things that in the past have hurt me affect me now and just being mindful about things. I think it's just all about being mindful and intentional and just really doing the work to work through things so that you can be a better person and a happier person. I'm interested to know your you guys' thoughts on trauma and healing. Have you experienced trauma? Um, how did you heal from that trauma? Have you healed from that trauma? Is this really, is this episode making you think, wow, I still have some things I could really work on or things I need to work through. But I'm interested to know you guys' thoughts. Leave your comments below on my IG and thanks for listening to Waves. In this segment, I'll be interviewing a colleague of mine who just so happens to be a school counselor. So in my first segment, I talked a little bit about trauma and its possible effects if it isn't properly addressed. And being an educator, it made me think about how our children may have their own trauma that they are dealing with. And then I thought of you and the work that you do Um, on a daily basis. Can you tell um, us a little bit about your job as a school counselor? Our students are doing great academically. Um, They are mentally strong and they are socially adept. Um, Just making sure that all three of those bases um, are touched. Um, it's kind of the foundation of what I do. Um, to dive into it a little bit more, um, it's building a community um, within the school, uh, with the home, letting the parents know that we are here for them um, no matter what. And they can come tell us anything and we'll be willing to help that student. Um, and that in turn allows me to talk to teachers to find out, you know, what work can we make up for some students? Um, what can we do ultimately to help the student um, be successful. And that in turn allows me to sit with the student and I'm able to not read their mind, but kind of pick their brain and see where they're 
their mind is and kind of allow them to develop their own plan. Um, so not saying do this, do this, do this, but let me hold your hand and you walk me through how do you think you can solve this problem? How do you think you can get out of this situation? Um, so allowing them to self-guide themselves in order to come up with the correct solutions for their problems. I like that you said that you allow them to self-guide and that that also gives them ownership of, you know, themselves in the situation that they may be dealing with and dealing with in that moment. I like that. Um, Can you tell well, us what are some things foremost, that you do to build uh, relationship with relationships um, with your students? I always tell my track athletes because I'm a track coach also. You look good. You um you feel good. You run good. So I definitely want my office to be aesthetically pleasing um, to where the students walk in, you know, they feel relaxed, they feel at home, they don't feel like they're stressed out or they're being interrogated by me. Um, I have a nice futon. I let them sit on the futon. It has like a nice tree above it, uh, some stencils along my walls, um, some pictures up, um, just to kind of make them feel safe. And um, it's a welcoming environment. Um the other way I build trust is I just let my students know that I care that, you know, from eight to four doesn't end my job. If there's anything going on in your life um, outside of those hours, please feel free to email me. Please feel free to reach out to me. I point them to different colleagues that they can feel comfortable with when I'm not in the building, um, just because I don't want it to be a situation where they only feel comfortable talking to me. They have other people to talk to um, if I'm not there to handle a crisis. Um, and I just tell them that their their secrets are safe with me um, unless they want to harm themselves or tell me about someone else being harmed. Um, it's their safe place. It's their place to yell. It's their place to complain about their parents, to complain about me if they want to, or complain about teachers. Um, and just knowing that they have someone who cares unconditionally, no matter how many referrals they get, no matter what they're going through in life. To let them know that you can tell me these things and you won't be judged. And I think that's the biggest thing in high school is judgment. Um, so, so many kids are judged for what they wear, how they look, for their gender, for their sexuality. Um, and I think just knowing that you have a place to where none of that matters. Um, this person will be willing to listen, to still care for you, to still love you to do whatever they can do within their power to help you. And I think ultimately just letting people feel that they are someone, that they are cared about, that they are loved. Um, kids can sense that. They know true feelings. They know fake mm. feelings. And um, just being, keeping it 100 with them. Definitely. Um, allowing them to see that you are also a flawed individual. And letting them know that you're not perfect. We all struggle with something. So they're not a bad person because they may struggle with an issue. They're not worthless because they're struggling with an issue. Because we all struggle with things. And just making them feel that they are the important person that they are. I think fosters that trust, that relationship um, between counselor and student.
Yes, I love that you said that children, they definitely have to feel like they belong. They have to feel and know that they are important. And when they do know that, they want to be there. So, yes, I love that you said that. Um, can you tell us a little bit about trauma? So how would you define trauma? How does trauma affect us? It substantially affects how you live your life daily. Um, My kids deal with a lot of traumas. Um, I think the main thing for me when dealing with my student trauma is realizing when I was in the ninth grade, what did I consider a trauma? A big thing for my ninth graders is relationships. Um, girlfriend cheating on me, me and girlfriend broke up, boyfriend cheating on me. Um, I'm scared to tell parents about relationships. My grades are bad. Um, I'm not doing well in sports. Um, to me, as an adult, I know I'll make friends and I'll lose friends. Um, I know that people go through relationships until they find the right one. But when I was in ninth grade, I didn't know that. So I have to realize that that is a real trauma in their life. So I think being able to recognize that what you see as a trauma isn't always what someone else sees as a trauma. And and that trauma should always be taken seriously. Um, another example is you might have a kid going through something. And they could be in elementary school. That kid could come to that elementary counselor and said, hey, I just tried to overdose on Flintstone vitamins. To a normal adult, we would say, well, you can't OD on vitamins probably. But to that kid, that was real means of trying to commit suicide. In his mind or her mind, that was their intention, mm. no matter if it could have happened by that means. So we have to realize what they feel and what they perceive as being a true trauma within their lives. Mm. I love that you point that out because it is a big difference of what, you know, we as adults, like you said, we may consider trauma versus what kids, what is trauma to kids. And you made a really good point. We really do have to take those things seriously because we don't know how bad a certain situation might be affecting a child. We might think it's petty and little, but to them, like you said, it could be very big and, you know, serious. So I think that's very true. What are some things that you do to help them cope or to combat the effects of trauma? I don't know it all. I'm not a certified psychiatrist. I'm not a certified mental health counselor. But I am bigger than my ego. By that, I can't try to solve all those problems knowing I'm not certified. Just so I can get the satisfaction at the end of the day of saying I helped you. There are people certified in those things. My job is to help point you or your family to the correct resources Mm. um, in order to deal with those traumas, whether it's a mental health counselor, maybe it's a family counselor, um, it may be IOP, it may be saying go see to the hospital to see a psychiatrist, Um, just allowing them to find the avenues 
to help them deal with that trauma is one of my biggest tools. Um, the biggest thing I can do is tell my kids is at any time, at any time, call me, come see me. Um, virtually, has schooling has made that very hard. So I think right now it is so important for my kids to know, even if you're not in school, call me. Um, write Definitely. me on Microsoft Teams. Email me. Um, if you can't get in contact with me, call 911. They will always pick up 24-7, no matter the time, no matter the day. Um, so just letting them know their options when when trauma has significant, significantly impacted their lives to where it may be a situation that they want to take their life. Um, this is who you call when... You don't think you can go any longer. This is who you call when you just don't have anyone to talk to anymore. And all that comes down to building safety plans for my students who may have tried to take their lives. Where do you feel safe? Who can you contact? This is who you can contact. This is who you contact in school. This is who you contact out of school. So it's mostly not waiting until after trauma comes. It's before the trauma, having a plan in place to, to, allow, to allow the student to feel that they have options and they're not last minute going through thoughts because emotions are a simple thing for a child or for an adult. Absolutely. Um, We've all experienced severe emotions, highs and lows, um, and it has affected our decision making. Um, a kid's brain is just not wired how an adult's brain is. They're not able to process situations how we're able to process situations. That problem-solving aspect is just not there. So when you equip the emotions along with it, it can turn into a nightmare for them. So I think just letting them know, like if we get, if you get here, you have step one, two, five, absolutely that you can take, and somebody through those steps will be there for you. So just having a plan in place for them, um, I think is the biggest thing. That proactive piece is so important, and especially when you think about how much that could prevent, you know, from happening. So that's that's very important. I'm wondering, so are parents and students, are they normally receptive of those resources that they that you try to give to them? So if you try, if a student comes to you yeah. and, you know, they're dealing with a certain issue and they need to go see, maybe they should see a psychiatrist um, or maybe they should I see someone else know. who's just more equip, better equipped than I'm you. Are they normally receptive All my kids are fresh. Um, so I, I don't know the family. Um, it's, it's a whole new relationship being built with the school and that end. Um the biggest thing I see is denial. Um, I think it's hard for parents to to accept that a student may be experiencing severe mm. trauma to the point of suicide. Um, it's hard for parents to recognize their kids' trauma as being important because it's so 
fickle and so small to them. Um, and, you know, you have parents who, who do the best they can with their kids. And sometimes I think some people think, you know, if my kids want to commit suicide, I failed as a parent. And I think the denial part is easier to deal with than maybe dealing with, you know, maybe I could have listened more. Um, then you get into different socioeconomic status with that and, um, and races and like it, it all ties into the stigma of mental health. Um, somebody may not want their family labeled as having someone who's having um, trauma that induces mental health um, issues. Um, some people have been raised that if they talk about this stuff, um, you go to the crazy house. Um, it's not what you want to speak about unless you want people to look at you differently. So family values play a role mm -hmm. into how people perceive it um, and, and what's going on in that family environment. Um, some parents, it's eye-opening. Um, you might have parents who work all day, every day to provide for kids. And they're like, I work, I buy you clothes, I get you what you need, you have a car, you have everything in life that I did not have in life to be successful. But they tried so hard to provide this life for their kid that they've neglected the basic necessities of emotions that their kids may be feeling. Um, so it, it, it comes from different things. Um, some people, they kind of already Absolutely. know about the traumas and they're willing to get the help. They're willing to do whatever they can do in order to um, help their child feel better. So um, you see the lows of it, you see the highs of it, you see the receptive parents, the denial parents, and the in-between. And I think that's a tough thing. It's a, it's tough to, to deal with mental health. Um, it's tough to see someone struggle with mental health. And sometimes it's just easier to pretend that it's not there, to pretend that it's not that um. serious. Sometimes it's better to say, were you just joking? Were you playing? Did you really mean it? And I think sometimes those open-ended questions leave people who've, who are dealing with trauma to just say, yes, I was. And, and, they, and I'm sorry, you can go. Wow, that's... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, wow, that's, you know, that's so true. And you see that a lot. And I've actually seen that in my own family. You know, like you said, some people, they don't want to admit when and, something's and wrong thing or the kids, be labeled. Um, to speak on their um, behalf. Wow, that's, imagine, that's really like, big. You know your parents, you know your family. Like, telling them something that big, um, you, you don't want your parents, like, they don't want to make their parents that sad. They don't. And then they're not disappointing their parents by telling them these things. But some kids do believe, like, my family is going to feel like I'm a disappointment. So that's tough for them to bite a pill and to talk about what's going on, knowing the repercussions that they may face. So I think that's my biggest thing is just letting them know that 
you're not different from me or from anyone else just because you are experiencing these things. Um, you're a perfectly normal individual and our job is to help you and to make sure not that you feel happy, that you feel safe, um, that you are content with yourself. Um, so I think it's an overarching thing in our society that is becoming better. Um, society is becoming more receptive to mental health, um, more options for individuals dealing with mental health issues, and just being able to text a friend. I see so many Facebook posts now about check on your friends, um, check on your family, um, especially now with COVID. Um, trauma has is it has risen. People have right. lost jobs, lost homes. Um, so I think just everybody being there for everybody um, is the best option. And that's what I try to echo with my students and my parents, that I'm not here to attack you. Um, I'm not here to make you look like the bad person. I'm here to do whatever we can do together in order to help your child. And that collaboration piece is just so important because it takes, you know, the parents or the guardians at home to be involved in that too. When a child is, you know, experiencing trauma or going through a certain certain situations, it definitely takes collaboration and it takes a team of people. So I love that you are, you know, taking time to build relationships with families and reaching out and providing these resources that are so needed. Once you once you have provided resources and provided strategies, what are um, some I of think the it effects just of that you notice um, positive? Another trauma that I deal with a lot um, is an instant what, trauma. What changes do you normally see? In the family. Um, it's kind of unexpected, but once it happens, it happens, and it's an instant feeling that these kids get. Um, so that one's a little different when I'm dealing with like a death in the family. Um. You could talk to the kids, but they go through the different stages of grief. They go through denial. They go through shock. They go through anger. Okay. Um, so that one's a little trickier because you kind of never know what you're getting each day. But letting them know that you're going to feel these feelings. And that's okay. You're going to have great days. And you're going to have bad days. But on your bad days, I need you to come be with me and talk to me. Sit with me. I need you with someone who can talk you through those emotions, can talk you through those feelings. Because I think a lot of time as a human being, once we get emotions, once we get feelings, the questions go a million miles per hour in our head. And those questions can eat us alive. Um, if we don't have the proper people around us to yeah. talk us through what we're going through, um, if we just keep it balled in, we're not verbalizing how we feel. We're not talking our emotions through. Um, with the students, oftentimes, if it's like a suicidal thing where a bunch of things have just cascaded at once and they just feel like there's no way, no other way out. Those students can feel gratification from talking to someone because it may be something they've never shared with someone. Um, a lot of these students feel happy to have a therapist 
because they they don't have to talk to mom and dad about it. They have someone exactly. that they can let those feelings out to. Um, some kids they don't want it because they don't want to be looked at as a certain way, um, or perceived as a certain type of student. Um, but I think I haven't had any negative um interactions to where a student was totally against providing help. Um. I think all of us, we just all need someone to talk to and to be there for us. Because I think ultimately they want to be happy. They want to feel loved. They want to feel, they want to feel cared for. Right. So um, nine times out of 10, my students are very, very willingly um, to the help that I can offer or to um, services that I can offer them in the outside community. That's amazing. And, you know, as you stated, even as adults, we we want people to talk to when we're feeling down or we're feeling some type of way just to have an, an outlet, someone to hear our thoughts. So that that is very important. And I, I also believe it's just all about being able to identify our feelings and understand how our bodies feel because of the way we're feeling, understanding our reactions and just really being mindful about all of those things. This is so important. Um, I really want to commend you for the work that you're doing. You know, mental health is so important. It's very important that our kids and our parents have these resources, you know, um, that they're able to use when they need them. Um, So I I really want to commend you on that. It would just be, you know, check Do you have any final thoughts? Text them. That you'd like to share. That you may not have talked to in a while. Um, Just see how they're doing. Check on your family members. Um, with my kids, it could be the high flyers and it could be my low flyers. So just check on your friends who you think they may have it all together. Um, cause you never know what's going on in their life and check on your friends that you know, who don't have it all together. Um, and try not to be so judgmental, I guess is the next biggest thing. Um, we, we all go through stuff. Um, and I think we get stressed a lot as adults. Um, we have bills. Um, we have relationships, we have families, we have work relationships. Um, we have a lot of different moving pieces in our lives. Um, and if you have kids, you have kids, you have husbands, um, you have a wife, you have to provide for that family. And we have days that where we're snappy and snarky and just flat out nasty with other people. And I think the most important thing to know is other people go through those days too. So yes, your friend may snap at you. They may have an attitude with you. Um, you may not agree on something because they're having a bad day. So just realizing that you have had bad days too and not holding that against them. And, you know, once everything calms down, you know, just checking and making sure that it's, that everything's okay. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing is just recognizing problems that other people may perceive as a big deal that you may not because their world may be a totally different world than yours and recognizing that some people haven't been through what you've been through and you haven't been through what other people have been through so everyone has a limited lens on life so just keep an open mind keep an open heart um keep an open ear be construct be a constructive listener um, be empathetic and sympathetic and just love. Um, 
I think it's the biggest thing. Listen and love. Definitely. Definitely. It's all about having having a little grace. <laughs> well, thank you thank again you for, for being me. here I with us. Um, and thank you everyone for listening to Waves. Mm-hmm.